0: Welcome to this Purdue Engineering Podcast, featuring research that addresses critical issues related to societal resilience in the face of crisis, and efforts to engineer long-term solutions for a more robust and sustainable future. My name is Nate Mosier, and I am the Indiana Soybean Alliance Professor and Head of Agricultural and Biological Engineering. Agricultural and Biological Engineering, or ABE, has the unique and distinct pleasure of being part of two great colleges here at Purdue University, the College of Agriculture and the College of Engineering. In this episode, I'll be speaking with Dr. Dennis Buckmaster, a Professor in Agricultural and Biological Engineering and Dean's Fellow for Digital Agriculture in the College of Agriculture, and learn more about his many projects involving digital agriculture. Welcome, Professor Buckmaster. You have a great deal of experience working in forage, biomass, and livestock, feeding. But several years ago, you took a hard turn in a digital systems work. Tell us what brought about that shift.
1: Well, I specifically remember where I was standing uh, several years ago at the bottom of the steps at home. And I realized as I had, at that time, an early version of a smartphone, that we really need specific apps for agriculture. Like, why can't we use this technology specifically in our industry? And so from that moment, we proposed a couple projects to USDA that turned out to be funded. They brought about some new collaborations, people that I had not ever met before, never worked before. And actually, they were part of this thing called the Center for Wireless Systems and Applications at Purdue. So these are now my closest friends and colleagues in electrical and computer engineering. And that really was sort of the turn. I still have interest and certainly uh, some expertise to offer in livestock and forage and biomass, but almost all of my work these days is in that data pipeline realm.
0: Karen Plough, the Glenn W. Sample Dean of the College of Agriculture has named you a Dean's Fellow for Digital Agriculture. How would you define digital agriculture, and how has being a Dean's Fellow opened new doors for you?
1: I would start by sort of defining it as this fusion of the physical and digital and social world that we live in. You know, we sit on actual chairs. We eat actual food. But, of course, in the engineering realm, there is a model for those things, and we actually have this thing called a digital twin that we use occasionally. But now with the the realm of data flow, data capture, we can also capture the social world, not just interactions with people, but also actual decisions in business, the marketing, et cetera. Digital agriculture, to many, is sort of the same as what we've been doing for decades as precision agriculture. But I think one of the new ads is that this digitization, the collection of data, the use of particular models has value in agriculture all along the value chain. Before a crop is a crop or before a livestock animal exists, there are elements of data that are important. Well after the farm gate, through all of the logistics of agriculture down the value chain, the delivery, the storage, the processing, all of this can be represented in some digital realms, which improves the management, not only in the process that you're in at the moment, But that feedback to the earlier processes can help. And then also the feed forward to what is coming next is really improved when we can keep track of data and status of products and people.
0: Dr. Buckmaster, you're involved with several multidisciplinary research teams at Purdue. What is this thing called the OATS Center?
1: The OATS Center stands for Open Agriculture Technology and Systems Center. And what we're trying to do is bring open source hardware and software to agriculture. When we look around and realize the many of the things that we take advantage of from day to day, particularly things that are internet related, underlying all of that was some open source collaborations across many, many, literally countless firms that enabled things to just work. And so we don't really have that in agriculture yet. There are too many silos of individual proprietary platforms, et cetera. And so we wanted to bring about some open source collaborations, hence uh, open source in ag. So we're doing that with sort of the product and the process in mind. We're really interested in the entire data pipeline as you think about what happens with a, a product until it becomes a piece of food or a piece of clothing or whatever it is there once was a phenomenon. And so there needs to be a sensor that takes a note of, well, this thing happened. Then we need to store that. We need to wrangle it in so many ways, analyze, visualize, make decisions, maybe even autonomously act. And that whole data pipeline will be enabled. It will be facilitated with some open source behind the scenes middle layer that makes the data from one firm flow more naturally to the next firm. Of course, with appropriate security and privacy enabled, but that interoperability is critical.
0: Wonderful. Well, there was news of Purdue teaming with UPenn on a project that also involves the University of Florida and UC Merced. Can you tell us about the IoT for Ag project?
1: Sure. The University of Pennsylvania might be an odd sort of a place, you would think, for maybe a, an agricultural research project, but they have tremendous leadership in artificial intelligence and in computing systems in general. And so it was a very good place to lead this IoT, Internet of Things, specifically for agriculture project. So Purdue came on board largely because of people. So much of these things that we do really hinge on the people. We have a very well-placed University of Penn alumni, Dave Capillary, a professor in mechanical engineering. Uh, And University of Pennsylvania reached out to him, how could Purdue partner in this project? So, from there, that team naturally grew to include several of us from Purdue Engineering and Purdue Agriculture to get involved in this project. So, the IoT for Ag is uh, the, the title of the project is relatively straightforward and descriptive, but it will involve both the sensing, the analytics, the artificial intelligence applied to data in agriculture. And then it also involves a fair amount of the engineering behind communications protocols. So this is sort of the electrical and computer engineering part of radio frequency communication, doing so in an efficient manner, because when you're planting sensors out in the field or in the bin or among the livestock, there isn't always power there and often there isn't internet there. So somehow that data needs to flow. So this project captures the the sensing, the storing, the analytics. Wonderful team across several universities. uh, So we're really excited about this project.
0: That sounds like a wonderful project that involves a, a wide swath of expertise across the entire country. But more locally, what is WIN and how are you involved?
1: WIN, WHIN, is short for the Wabash Heartland Innovation Network. I want to make it clear that WIN is not actually a Purdue project. It is a regional development project. Purdue is a very major part of that project, but there is an organization called WIN. WIN Purdue is involved because of all three missions of a land grant institution. Of course, there is research involved, there is extension and outreach, uh, and also there is a, an educational branch of work in the WIN project. The focus of WIN is IoT, Internet of Things, for advancing agriculture. And advancing manufacturing in a 10 county region. It just so happens that it's the 10 counties immediately surrounding and including the county that contains Purdue here in West Lafayette. But it is not a Purdue project solely. There is WIN, plus WIN Purdue, which involves uh, faculty and staff from engineering, polytechnic, agriculture, science, and probably some others that I'm missing. And also, Ivy Tech is involved primarily in the training of technicians related to IoT for ag. My specific role in WIN is really related to the ag realm, the IoT for agriculture, primarily in the testbed operations. So we're installing sensors and doing analytics tests. As a testbed, we're trying to prove value of sensors and data for agriculture as a whole. So as a test bed, we'll develop things, show that they can work, what do you gain from it, and then roll it out as demonstrations to the region.
0: That sounds wonderful. And we're really excited for our new facilities in the ABE building to enable much more impact from this test bed and when, as you mentioned, really cuts across the three missions of the land grant university, especially education, which uh, you touched on here. But let's talk about that in a little more detail. Tell us a little bit more about your educational efforts more broadly that you're involved with that are centered around improving data usage in agriculture.
1: Even before I start talking about education, I do want to make sure that it's clear. These efforts are very large teams. There's just collaboration of some wonderful faculty and staff at Purdue that enables the work. But I'll just walk through some of the education things. Just a few years ago, we proposed, and it was approved, a data and information systems concentration in our agricultural systems management program. That program is sort of sort of the intersection of technology and engineering and management, and it made sense that those graduates sort of be on the cutting edge of data and information systems. Now this would not be my doing at all, but we are very proud of Purdue's Data Mine, where data science is infused in disciplines all across the university, and of course ABE students are are a part of that. Just a couple years ago, we had a research experiential learning and extension project for undergraduates funded by the USDA National Institute for Food and Agriculture. That essentially is a summer camp for data science and agriculture. And unfortunately, in 2020, we did not hold that program for due to COVID-19. But in 2019, we had representation from all around the country, a wonderful cohort of students who got to learn about data science and agriculture. So that has four more years to go. Purdue Agriculture also just recently launched a graduate certificate in spatial data science. At Purdue, there is the certificate in applications of data science. And of course, engineering and specifically ABE is well aligned with that undergraduate certificate. Probably closer to home and as part of the work that I have been involved with with some others, we proposed a data-driven agriculture minor. And so that's now been on the books just about one year. So we haven't had any graduates, but there is significant interest. The minor captures the whole of the data pipeline. So it includes data science. It includes discipline-specific knowledge to generate sort of our best attempt at the next-gen graduates. And then most recently, a colleague, Darmendra Saraswat, also in ABE, led a USDA NIFA project that is now funded. This project is data science for agriscience professionals, not specifically engineers, but it's pretty engineering heavy because of the natural tendencies and the ways of thinking that engineers bring to the data pipeline. So it will extend some of the ways that we think and do problem solving into agronomy, ag economics, and assorted other majors.
0: One of the hopes for applications with digital processing is to be better at making predictive models. So if you were to gaze into your crystal ball or to use your most sophisticated model that you have available, what would digital agriculture look like, in your opinion, in 5, 10, 25 years? What really excites you the most about the potentials here?
1: It really is a wonderful time to be an engineer in agriculture, because I see that we are now able to do with the technology we have what we've only dreamed of doing earlier. So we can combine data sets, you know, data that we've collected in the past, do analytics on it. Sometimes, you know, like standard analytics, apply statistics and run code. But now we're also able to run artificial intelligence or use machine learning models and let the data just tell us what insights come out of it. Instead of necessarily having a hypothesis all the time, sometimes the data will just generate that for you. We can also then combine that with data streams. As connectivity improves, especially in rural spaces, then we can combine data sets, sort of history, data streams, what is currently the status in my process in whatever is going on. And then to combine that with what engineers have excelled at for a long time, and that is the biophysical models or the simulation. You know, I I think a lot of us have the mindset of, well, there's an equation for that. Well, there is, it's not always a perfect equation, but when we use that, those equations in combination with data, we really can better manage processes. We can better design products. So I think that's sort of where the future is. Actually, just a couple of weeks ago, Purdue and the Oat Center co-sponsored an online conference that had nearly 500 registrants. The title of the conference was Unlocking the Ag Data Revolution. And I'll just pull one excerpt out of that conference. And that was, these days, we're really talking about Agriculture Plus instead of just doing crop production or livestock production or meat processing, now we can talk about agriculture plus the environment, agriculture plus sustainability, agriculture plus traceability and identity preservation. And in 2020, this notion of agriculture plus security certainly became more on the minds of the people.
0: Well, it certainly sounds like a very exciting time, and there are many opportunities that are just beginning to emerge. So for the potential undergraduate students or graduate students who are listening, what advice might you have for those who would be interested in working in your area of research?
1: Well, I just so happened to be teaching a capstone course this semester in our Ag Systems Management Program. And we're reading a book by Fred Malik related to management. And so I want to pull out a, a notion or a nugget out of that book, which is in this era, which is primarily knowledge work. Our graduates will do some physical work, of course, but primarily they're paid for and their value to society is their knowledge work. And knowledge work requires expertise. It requires that you have a specialty. But that specialty and that expertise has tremendously much more value when you realize the place of your expertise. So to not just be a coder or a data scientist or an engineer, but to understand how does that fit in the bigger picture. So my advice to those wanting to be in digital agriculture, in any realm of digital agriculture, whether it's data sensing, data analytics, communication pathways, artificial intelligence, my advice would be, first, as part of your undergraduate and graduate studies, develop that specialty, that expertise, so that you can combine it with your knowledge of the bigger picture, so that you can put yourself in the perspective and realize what you don't know. Realize what other disciplines need your assistance and what disciplines do you need to complement your expertise. One of the strengths of engineers, Purdue engineers, as well as maybe better than others around the country, is the ability to solve problems and recognize opportunities, capitalize on opportunities. That engineering way of thinking combined with some discipline expertise and a little bit of data savviness puts you in a position to lead these teams that need to integrate expertise across disciplines.
0: Thank you so much, Professor Buckmaster, for your time today and discussing your exciting work with digital agriculture with us and our audience. Be sure to listen to other Purdue Engineering podcasts and see the show notes on this podcast website for additional information about the Agricultural and Biological Engineering program at Purdue University.